This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Gallant Show, once again, I'm filling in for my guy. It is Michael Bumpus. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday? Question of the day. Let's get right into it, man. Now, I grew up, I played baseball a couple years in high school, went like once in fifth grade, and it's a, it's a very traditional sport. There's a lot of things that you should and shouldn't do in baseball that aren't necessarily in the rule book. So my question for you is, how do you feel about the unwritten rules in baseball? Do you like some of them? Do you not like some of them? Do you think they're necessary? Me, I go back and forth with this. Honestly, I don't go back and forth. I just don't like them. I think that guys should be able to compete and show passion, whatever they want to do, because they are professionals. It's not like this is Little League and we're trying to teach little Timmy, you know, not to to uh, to have good sportsmanship out there on the, on the diamond. No, these are professionals. They are getting paid. And the situation that made me want to ask you guys that question, make sure to text in at 710-710. Let me know your thoughts of these unwritten rules was on Monday night, Williams – Astudio, I think I'm saying his name right, known as La, La Tortuga, was pitching to Yerman Mercedes with the White Sox holding an 11-run lead. A 3-0 count when Mercedes swung at a 47-mile-an-hour pitch, taking a yard, breaking the unwritten rule. So apparently, more duly, since they're up, it's a 3-0 pitch. You're not supposed to swing at it. You're supposed to let him lob up a 47-mile-an-hour ball and just look at it. Me, I'm taking a cut, and I'm smacking that thing. <laughs> And we are not to, right? It's a gift. It just lobbed it up for you. I mean, these are professionals, too. Like I mentioned, if this were my middle son, Kobe, and he's at his game and, and we're smacking a team, we're going to have the mercy rule going. Then it's like, look, let's not kill this kid's confidence or this team's confidence, and let's just get through this game. But these are grown men, more duly. They get paid a lot of money, too. They should be able to just take that on the chin and not lob up a ball, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you put a position player in there, right? You know that there's a chance that they're gonna, <laughs> they're not going to look very good. I think they said that 47-mile-an-hour ball was the slowest pitch recorded since StatCast started recording. <laughs> Here, we do actually have sound of what that uh, bat was like. Astadio. Oh, he loaded up. Mercedes tattoos it to center. It is gone. There you go. A 3-0 swing, and it's 16-4. Well, I'm thinking that probably doesn't. <laughs> well, Mercedes owes half his salary in kangaroo court for swinging 3-0 on Astadio, but he'll get over it. Swinging 3-0 and it's 15-4, but then again, I mean, you don't really need to take a walk, I don't think. Right, let me put this in NFL terms. All right, these are NFL players. Say the Seahawks are down by 24 points. There's a minute left. I expect the Rams to go up top and throw a deep football if they have the opportunity to. And I don't feel sorry for the Hawks. I'm like, oh, no, they shouldn't do that. They're going to hurt the Hawks' feelings. No, you have to play football. You have to play the game. Now, that same situation in high school is a bit different. The fact that these guys are getting paid money makes me think that it's okay. But this is baseball unwritten rules like I said I only played a couple years in high school I didn't I wasn't the historian that a lot of you guys are so please let me know how you feel about these unwritten rules text in 71017 holla at your boy let me know there's another rule more duly that I think is ridiculous now 
I've seen, I'm like, as you guys know, grew up a Dodger fan. I've seen Kershaw strike a guy out, scream, walk to the dugout, talking to himself, flexing on him. But as soon as the batter takes one yard and he throws the bat, does a bat flip and takes his time around the bases, now everybody on his team has to be on the lookout because pitchers are about to throw the ball at him. I, I don't agree with that. I mean, what is it about a guy showing emotion on the diamond that grinds people's gears? And I feel like it's, it's the older generation. So I would really, I would love it if anybody over 45 – can text in their opinion and you let me know. I want you younger cats to text in too, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm uh I I I'm I'm confused. 360 says bump. Can agree more with you. In 50 to 20 years, there will be no more baseball purists left. For baseball to survive, we need to accept that these young players are the future and we should embrace them, right? Embrace them. I can't I'm not going to expect my son to have the same views as me. 35 years old, my oldest is 11. Got 11, 9, and 7. When they're my age, the world's going to be different. They're going to see things differently. I don't expect them to share the same views as me on every single topic. Maybe on some, but not all of them. 360 says, unwritten rules. Uh, Keeps jumping on me. Goodness gracious. Okay, unwritten rules. There's good reason why they weren't actual rules. They're stupid. Okay, I feel like the Texers are kind of filling me on this one more, Dooley. All right, here's the yeah, 14. I'm not seeing many uh, supporting the unwritten rules. Right? So so why and you you posed a good question in the Danny Gallant show. Um why have baseball players kind of held on to this? Cuz these are the younger guys, the younger generation, the old guys are the skippers and the managers and people upstairs, but for some reason these young baseball players have held on to these unwritten rules. Do they just they don't like failure? I mean, in baseball you fail more than you succeed. Why do you think they're, they're holding on to these rules, Dooley? Uh, that is so hard to figure out. I, I don't know if it's just that a lot of these guys, you know, get signed with a team younger. And if they do play for a college, it's usually very short term. And then they start traveling around with the teams. And I don't know if they just get a hold of them then and get those unwritten rules knocked into their head. But yeah, it just does seem like baseball players are more willing to accept the old school views and kind of, yeah, I'll plunk you if you bat flip and things like that. Whereas in the NFL, I just think those guys are going to be like, uh, no, sorry, this is the NFL today and we're going to play how we play and we don't care how you played back in the day. Right. This is what we do. 360 says, this is from Fred who listens every day. What's up, Fred? He goes, I'm old as dirt. I say just keep it classy. He says keep it. So what does that mean, keep it classy? Is it, are you holding the pitchers? Are you holding them accountable as well? Keep it classy. Does that mean you just throw a strike and you walk off? What people forget about sports is the human element of this. We are humans. We are emotional. We have complex brains. We feel things. We show our emotions. That's what makes us unique. Why not allow people to do it? As long as you're not like talking crap directly to a, even if you are talking crap directly to a pitcher, football, they do it. They go back and forth. Receivers go back and forth with DBs all day. NBA, they do it. They go back and forth. But for some reason, how dare you? How dare you show any type of emotion when you play baseball? The only other sport where I could see where maybe they don't show much emotion is golf. I mean, you you never kind of disrespect your opponent. But I've seen Tiger Woods twirl the club. I've seen him yell after making a putt. I mean, it almost seems like golf might be more lenient when it comes to celebrations than baseball is. And golf is supposed to be a gentleman's sport. Any sport where you got to wear slacks out there to compete, 
I mean, you expect the the etiquette to be on point. So I I don't know, man. I, that's just me. Um, I'm kind of in that tweener age. I'm 35. I'm a dying breed of the 80s babies. Um, I just think that it's okay. I want people to show emotion. If there's a classy way to do it, please holler at me and let me know uh, because I think emotion is great. It's raw, and I, I really appreciate it when I see athletes do that. What's there another? Is there another rule? Is there another rule you guys think that is? I, I want to hear somebody who thinks the unwritten rules are positive, are good. Text me. Which one? Which one do you think is good? No bat flipping. Um, I a superstition I, I kind of like is when the um, the players running on into the field jump over the uh, the foul line. They don't want to. You know, you don't want to get any bad juju. They do that. That stuff to me is kind of cool. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm all for emotion. Let's see if I can get one more text in before we move on. Here we go. Motion creates emotions from three six zero. Let's get a little chippy and bring some passion and excitement in baseball. Baseball is the only major sport where there is no such thing as socially acceptable street fight. Let's get that into baseball, too. All right, now you're talking about fighting. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate the passion. They fight in hockey, Dooley. You're a big hockey hockey gal. Do oh, yeah. you? Uh, what, is, what does fighting do for you? Does that get you going as a hockey fan? You, you get riled up, ready to go? Oh, definitely. And there's this point in a game sometimes where like nothing's going right and you know you're probably not going to win and you're like, you know what, just start knocking some heads together. And <laughs> it's it's kind of fun. You at least still have something to root for. You're like, all right, you guys are going to lose this game, but just beat someone up. Let's beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> Last text before we move on. Two six oh or 206 says, bump, I'm 71. Love ball. Bat flips, good. Pitch is showing emotion, good. Some of the other unwritten rules stay. Yes, show some class. Don't overly rub someone's nose in it. I can get with that. I can get with that. 206 is saying, look, you can sh- show some emotion, but there's a line. There's always a fine line you don't cross, right? You don't disrespect a man as a man, like his family or anything personal, but you leave it on the diamond. All right. This is the most interactive sports show in all the land. More Dooley. right now, we're going to move on to what's training brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. All right. First up, Bumpa. It seems like quite a few NFL teams are seeing large numbers of players reporting to the facilities to work out after uh, many said they would not following the NFLPA's recommendations to do OTAs virtually. I know you have some thoughts on why this may be. Business. This is business. These young guys are like, look, Juwan James, the offensive lineman for the Broncos. What did he do? Somebody, was it his Achilles or his, his knee? He got hurt yeah. off site. His was Achilles, and then they had another guy, Deshaun Hamilton, that tore his ACL. Tore his ACL. Broncos got hit with it, and they were one of the first ones to say, look, we're not going to – our guys aren't showing up. Now, they get hurt, and they lose money. They're going to get cut or have already been cut. And I think guys looked around and said, all right, man, well, we should probably show up. And then you look at these these franchises with young quarterbacks. You got Justin Fields and with Chicago Bears. Guys are showing up there. Yeah, Trey Lance with the 49ers. Guys are showing up there. I think these, even these veterans, some veterans realize, look, we got a new toy. We got a fresh new quarterback. I want to see what this is all about. Let's get around. We need to be a team for us to succeed. Football is the sport you prepare for the most. I mean, goodness gracious, you got spring football. You got OTAs. You got mini camps. You got training camp. You get into the, into the NFL season. You got four preseason games. And the season is so short when it comes to actual games being played. I think these guys realize we have to seize the opportunity. If that means that we have to cross the line and show up, you cross the line and show up. And also, 
Who are the guys telling him to stay? Tom Brady, don't don't go in, guys. Don't go in. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chill in my mansion with with my wife and my six Super Bowl rings, and I'll be there. I'll be there in August. But you guys don't show up. You guys try to make this team fighting. Don't show up. More duly, if you are a second year guy trying to make a ball club, are you showing up to these OTAs? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm someone that did three unpaid internships <laughs> in college <laughs> while I was working. Like. 50 hours a week. So, yeah, I I would do whatever it takes if that's your dream. Right? It's all about the opportunity. I'm doing it. What else we got, Dooley? All right. Well, I know you're happy about this. The NBA play-in, ga- play-in games start today with Indiana taking on Charlotte, Boston, and Washington. And then tomorrow night, Memphis-San Antonio. And your main event, the Lakers versus Golden State. The main event, none of these other games really matter to me, but they do because I, li- I like I like playoff basketball. But, yeah, Indiana versus Charlotte, I'm going to take Indiana. You have Boston versus Washington. I'm going to take Washington. I think Bill has been balling. I think he's second in the league when it comes to scoring, averaging 31 points. Then you have Memphis and San Diego. No, excuse me, San, San Antonio. I'm going to go with San Antonio simply because I think last year was the first time the Spurs didn't make the playoffs in like 20-something years, and I just want to see them get back to what they're doing. And then, like you said, the main event, the greatest franchise in all the sports. I know you guys love it. The Los Angeles Lakers take on Golden State. I'm not going to lie, Dooley. I'm kind of scared because Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Yeah. he's playing out of his mind. It's crazy. He's playing out of his mind. He's, he's fun to watch. It is insane. He just took the scoring title, right? Yeah, I believe he did. Took the scoring title. I think he made 403 pointers for like the fourth time in his career, which is all time. I mean, this guy should be the MVP. I think Jokic is going to get it because his team has been more successful and he's top five in like three categories. He's the third player to do that. I understand that. But Steph Curry, man, it's it's not the MVP anymore, Dooley. It's, it's the who is the best player on a good team because clearly Steph Curry is the most valuable player yeah, on the team. Yeah, doing it all without Klay Thompson and – yeah, I agree. That's um, not what that award usually goes to. Not what it goes to. All right, just to remind you, this hour of the Paul Galan Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Now it's your turn to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. Be heard. Holla at your boy. You can text in at 71017 or call in 206 206- Four two one three seven seven six. The question I asked you guys earlier was, how do you feel about these unwritten rules in baseball? So many. Such a traditional sport. The game has changed the least in the last 25 years when you look at all the major sports in the U.S. of A. Also, if you want to ask me something else, I'm good with that, too. Let's just talk some sports. I'm going to go back to the text line. What do we have here? Okay, the 360 says celebrate the home run that gives you the lead or extends it in a close game. Don't celebrate the home run when you're up seven. I get that. I understand that. That's where the class comes in. I think that's a perfect example of showing class, right? You're already up seven. You're dominating this team. Hit the home run, run the bases, get back in the dugout. You don't go around pounding your chest, looking at the opposing team's dugout. You act like you've been there. But if you're down and you go up, beat that chest. Bat flip, take two steps out the batter's box. I'm the guy who's going to get my teammates hit with a baseball dually. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> How do you feel about the opposite? I always uh, don't really love it in the NFL when I see like a guy get a sack, but his team's losing by 20 points and yeah. he's like doing his dance and screaming. And I'm like, good for you, buddy. It's a team sport. Yeah. 
that's where another example of class, right? You're getting your butts kicked. There's no reason for you to be excited. But I think what people don't realize, too, is a lot of these contracts are incentive-based. So that dude might have yeah. just made like 100 k off of that sack. So I guess he can celebrate a bit, right? That's a good point. I hadn't thought about it like that. <laughs> Money talks. Money talks. Okay, here we go. Three six zero. Oh. There's a difference between celebrating with your team and mean mugging the opposing team. Okay, I can I can get with that. But what do you say to the DBs that get all up in DK's face? It was mean mugging DK. Who's who's chirping at DK? Me, I embrace it because they're dumb. That's just gonna get DK going. It's, it's, it's gamesmanship. That's trying to get into somebody's head. With DK, it just doesn't work. So can we do the same on the baseball diamond? Can I hit a bomb and look into that dugout for a quick second and try to play a mind game with these guys? I mean, I think that's what we're missing in baseball is there aren't a lot of opposing team interaction, right? You get conversation when you're standing on a base with the first baseman. You see them talking, second base, third base. But it's not like in any other sport where you're constantly jawing at each other, going back and forth. That that might be the difference. That's why people don't like the the bat flipping and all the extra stuff because they feel like they can't they can't clap back at them only way to clap back is to throw a ball at them and that's dangerous Dooley that is dangerous I mean yeah I think usually when you do it you don't you know throw at their head or anything unless you're a real big jerk but yeah it's it could, could go could go wrong could go wrong what else we got here we got okay the two five three bumped is Aaron Rodgers competitive drive make his threats to retire entirely empty. Uh, yes, it does. He's not retiring anytime soon. Now, he won't play for the Green Bay Packers, but because he is competitive, he's just coming off an MVP season, I don't think he's going to retire. You don't retire coming off an MVP season. I want somebody to look it up. When's the last time somebody retired from football after winning the MVP? I just don't think you do that. There's more money to be made. And some people will say, oh, it's not about the money. At some point, it is about the money, folks. You have the opportunity to pull in $35 million. You take that opportunity and pull in $35 million. If you have an MVP season and you can stretch your career out a bit more and make more money, I think you are going to do that. If not, you are crazy. You got to go get that money, especially in the NFL. You don't know when it's going to be How over. How much do you think you can make as the Jeopardy host? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. At least a couple mil a year to start, you would think. Yeah. Because they like, they like him on Jeopardy, right? They do. He's in the running. I heard someone else. Did I hear? There was another athlete that I, I heard that they were going to try. Did you, you hear about that? I'm not sure if there was not. I know Joe Buck was one of the ones they were going to try. Joe Buck. LeVar Burton. I haven't, honestly, I haven't seen any of these new ones. Jeopardy. I went to Jeopardy, a Jeopardy show when I was uh, 13, 14. Really? I thought I was smart. I realized real quickly, like, I ain't that smart. Jeopardy <laughs> questions got me. All right, here we go. The 816 bump. How is throwing a pitch at someone who flips a bat equitable? Is that, is that the word? Am I saying that right? I flipped my yeah. bat and celebrated my home run, so now a pitcher gets to throw at me. Yeah, I it's... It's people being sensitive is what it is. If you don't want someone to hit a bomb at you and, and throw and flip the bat, then don't hang a curveball. Don't send a fastball right right down the pipe and allow them to hit it. That's that's part of the game. You're going to make some mistakes. I think people are just getting sensitive on us these days. What else we got? Hey, someone holler at me. No one on the, on the line yet? 206-421-3776. Talk to me. 
unwritten rules in baseball, Seahawks, playing games, what you got for me. It's a good sports day right now. Okay, we got two, five, three in baseball. Nothing is off the table when it comes to the Houston Trash Trolls. Yes, two, five, three. I love it. Great with the word play. That is beautiful. You get a gold sticker from me for this the This is day. a good point. The 206 says an unwritten rule I like is don't try to break up a double play spikes up. Don't try to slide into someone. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah. I like that. I like that. Oh, one unwritten rule we talked about before. This one this one irks me. I don't care. I'm, I'm doing it, Dooley. The guy has a no-hitter going into, what, the seventh or the eighth inning, and we're still in the game. I'm laying down a bunt. You know why? Because I'm fast. <laughs> and I can get on base. Forget your no-hitter. I'm going to lay down a bunt. I'm going to get on first base. You can get mad all you want to. Now go ahead and throw at my buddy who's up next. Now we got two and one in scoring position. Yeah, I, I believe the Mariners had that happen with, I want to say it was Gerard Dyson a few years ago. And I can't remember if it was Verlander or someone had a no-hitter going. And people were mad about it. People were mad about it. <sighs> Unwritten rules of baseball. Okay, we got the uh, 360. Bump, what are some legendary old school football coach quotes? Man, you know what? 360, all the legendary ones that I have, I just can't say on air, man. This is a, you know, my coaches, they used to get after us. I was the generation where they grabbed your face mask, pulled you on your shoulder pads, got into your face, but, you know, they show love afterwards. So it was a bit different. Okay, we got some guys on the line. Line one, we got Bob from Seattle. What's up, Bob? What's up, Bob? All right, we're going to move on to the next one, Dooley. All right, line two, we got Dion from the 253 Tacoma. Yeah, what up, Bob? What's going on, I man? You're a Lakers fan just like me. Let's uh, go. I was just wondering, man, what do you what do you think about that spread? I don't know if you're a, a, a better but I, I saw the spread drop from seven points, uh, Lakers down to about four, four and a half. Uh, I, it makes me a little worried as a Lakers fan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're playing Steph Curry. And <laughs> he's putting together a special season. I know LeBron is going to be healthy. AD is going to be healthy. But when you narrow it down to one game, that's where it gets sketchy, right? If this, this was your typical, all right, got to win four, then I'm like, all right, we good. But for one game, I think Steph Curry has enough uh, to make things interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, those guys off the bench are no joke either. Toscano Anderson. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I believe, uh, who was it, Jordan Poole, I think he went for 30-something the other night. So they got some heat on the bench, too. They got some firepower. So we got to come ready to play. We got to come ready to play. Hey, when you're the Lakers and you're the greatest franchise in all the sports, we got a target on us, baby. They coming to get us, man. Always. Dion, always, appreciate always. you, bro. Nice talking to you, Bump. Have a good day. You too, man. All right, let's go to the text lines one more time. Actually, you know what? We're going to get up out of here. I'm Michael Bumpus filling in for Paul Gallant. We'll be back in a couple minutes. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your – you're going you're gonna to fail. With Paul Gallant. Filling in for Paul Gallant. He'll be back tomorrow. And right now, we're going into the sports pit with the man, the Graz. What's up, Graz? How you doing? Bump, how you doing today, buddy? Man, I cannot complain. The texters are texting. People are calling. We got them going this morning, Graz. So I'm going to ask you the same question I asked them. 
What are your thoughts on these unwritten rules in baseball? Last night we saw um, a what Mercedes go yard on a 3-0 pitch. Um, he got mm-hmm. tossed up a 47-mile-an-hour fastball. Boom, he swings. He goes yard. Everyone's going crazy. You just don't do that, apparently, Graz. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think that uh, most of the unwritten rules need to go away and, um, and, and hide. I can't think of any off the top of my head except um, – no, I'm trying to think right now. I, I, don't, I don't think they fit baseball anymore, Bump. I don't think they fit it anymore. You're trying to – Upgrade the game, trying to, to add a little more appeal to it. I, I think, you know, the long look, I, I think that stuff is exciting. I, you know, I remember, um, I want to say it was Toronto and Texas playing in a, in a playoff series, and they had the bat flip, uh, which, was, which was turned into a big controversy. And it, yeah. was, it was cool. It was exciting. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm someone who's seen the light when it comes to those things. I think it's time to, to put them away. The Godfather has spoken. You guys heard that here. Gras says they need to go away, <laughs> so they need to go away ASAP. Let's talk about these Mariners now, man. Kikuchi yeah. had a rough start last night, ends up figuring it out. Um, do performances like that make you a bit hopeful for these Mariners? I mean, we don't expect them to make the playoffs, right? But they're giving us something to believe in. Well, definitely. Uh, talking about Kikuchi, uh, we'll start with him. I mean, Last year, the year before, if he has the first inning like he had uh, yesterday and walks a couple of guys and doesn't have his control, he's finished. He's not going to get out of the third inning. And, you know, they had a bullpen game, obviously, on, on, on Monday. So every starter was, was kind of worn out. And, or excuse me, every reliever was kind of worn out. And, you know, they, he, had to, he had to pitch. He had to pitch through it. And he got it together. You know, you saw him make the adjustment watching the game, but start to rely on a couple of other pitches and, and got to the sixth inning, which was important. Now they couldn't figure out the other kid who was a first-round draft pick on Detroit and didn't win this one. But little things like that, uh, a pitcher like that kind of figuring things out in the middle of a start uh, is, is stuff that, that goes down as good signs and, and augurs well for, for stuff in the future. But I think they're on a nice little run. I, they, got a, they got a huge boost, obviously, when they, when they made Kalanick uh, a part of the team, even though he's only hitting, I think, 182. He's, he's not, hasn't really lit, 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 taken the world by fire, let's say, but... He's added some juice to that whole that whole clubhouse and, and locker room area. And, and uh, look, you're not going to win them all. It's just one loss to Detroit. But but they have looked like a different team since he's been there. Speaking of juice, man, Tramiel is down in AAA just getting it done. I mean, and I, I was on with Danny earlier, and he says, Bump, that's just a result of AAA baseball and the show just having such a big gap. Um, what, what do you do with Tramiel? Do you, Danny says it's going to work itself out. How, how do you handle the situation? Um, it kind of works. Uh, what Danny means is that someone's going to get hurt and he's going to get called back up, and that's probably what's going to happen. Um, you know, I think the thing you, you wonder about, I call it 4A hitters. You know, uh, Daniel Vogelback was like that a little bit, where he just he just was too good a hitter for AAA, but the difference between AAA and the majors is such that, that he struggled at that level. I'm not ready to put Trammell there yet at all. I mean, he's still a young guy and is still finding his way, and he will be up with the club again. But it's it's what you want to see. I mean, the, the, op, the other thing is when guys get set down, sometimes you see them kind of feel sorry for themselves, take a little while to, to get going, and, and this is something that they, they definitely look at as, uh, from, from the front office standpoint is, hey, here's a guy who just uh, put his head down and decided to get back to work and, and got to work and, and is getting it done. So he is uh, paving the way for another trip up here for sure. All right, let's shift it over to the NFL. Now, we yeah. had a caller on earlier today, and he doesn't feel like quarterbacks should be as vocal or have the influence that they do have when it comes to 
being traded or are trying to make moves. And it seems like this is a recent development, right? Like the last 10 years, maybe quarterbacks have been speaking up and, and trying to dictate what their future looks like. How do you feel about this shift? I guess an old wide receiver would agree with that, wouldn't he? Hey, all day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Here's, here's a funny thing, Bump. I mean, if you talk about it just happening recently in, in terms of talking and quarterback influence and things like that, way back in, in my day when I was a kid, quarterbacks called all the plays. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you look at those guys like Terry Bradshaw and, uh, with those Steelers and Roger Staubach, well, Roger Staubach didn't do it as much. Tom Landry was the first coach to call plays. But a lot of those guys called their own plays. So, you know, it was it, it was a different sort of world then. I'm talking about now, and, and uh, look, I think everyone kind of agrees with the perception that the quarterback on a modern NFL is part of, is part of management. I mean, he just is. He's, he's treated different than other players and, and uh, paid different than other players, and, and uh, therefore... Uh, acts different, I think, for the most part uh, than other players do. But, um, you know, they, they still, quarterbacks, you know this, can lose locker rooms, you know, by, by the way they act, and they can win locker rooms by the way they act. So uh, I think it, it's, um, you know, the, the hay is out of the barn on this one. I mean, there's no there's no one going back to what it is. Quarterbacks have an outsized influence on uh, on their teams. And look, I mean, we saw it here with, with Russell Wilson doing something that he hadn't done in eight years, which was, you know, speak critically of the Seahawks. And this town flipped out yeah i mean it completely flipped out so there's no question that they have an outsized influence Graz, you said something really interesting quarterbacks actually called plays back in the day so essentially they had more responsibility on the field than the quarterbacks do now yet now the quarterbacks have more influence off the field it's, it sounds kind of backwards right you would think terry bradshaw because he's mm-hmm. calling these plays would have a bunch of influence. I find that really, really interesting. You think that we'll ever go back to a day, the days where the quarterback is calling plays? Well, I mean, I, Peyton Manning kind of was doing it. You know, I mean, he he was the, he was the point where where he was he was pretty much doing it in, in his case. But do I think we'll go back to it? Nah, man, you got too many coaches responsible for stuff like that now. And and I'm I'm not going to say it's because plays are too too complicated now, but they certainly are a lot more complicated than they were. But um, it's it, it's a huge difference that I don't think we'll ever get back to. I I can't see a circumstance where where you go back to it just because of the way offenses are set up. Um, you know, Brady, you would have thought would have been a guy with with Belichick being you know in that system, the same system for for all those years, and and he had he could obviously change things in the line of scrimmage, and quarterbacks can do that, but you know he wasn't the guy doing that. So no, it was uh, that 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 world is another one of the one of the sports worlds that we won't see again, like kind of like the world where guys are embarrassed about striking out in baseball and, <laughs> and pitchers throw 160 or 170 pitches to start, which they used to do. Yeah, I think the only situation where that would happen is like a two-minute drill or if, um, you know, the communication goes off in the right. helmet like we saw with Russell Wilson last year a little bit. All right, Gross, I know you uh, you watch a little bit of basketball, man. We got uh, the Lakers, my team, and the Golden State Warriors tomorrow. I'm scared, Gross. I think Steph Curry is playing out of his mind right now. And an NBA game, you throw one game out there, um, anybody can get it. And it reminds me, Kendrick Perkins said it's harder to win an NBA championship than it is to win a Super Bowl championship. Do you agree with that? I think, yeah. I think throw the Stanley Cup in there is harder to win a Super Bowl as well. I mean, you got to win, uh, I think, four seven-game series when, when, the, when the Cup is going, which is, which is tremendous, tremendous amount of, of work to do. And, and uh, I, would, I am with you, Bump, in that 
I would not feel comfortable at all facing Steph Curry. I mean, talk about a guy who was appeared to be a man on a mission this year after after not playing last year. Um, you know, and, and he's here, here's his opportunity. Um, you got to shut him down, and and uh, no one can do it. So, I, I think that um, you know th- this is the time. You know, I'm not I'm not as big a fan of the NBA as I used to be, partly because they, they left Seattle. It still yeah. rankles me for some reason. I can't get past yeah. it. But I'm not I'm not I'm not a huge fan of how the game has evolved. But um, Curry is just to me is just a, a thing of beauty watching him shoot, and uh, guys like him and Lillard down in Portland that, that seemingly can make 40-foot jumpers. I mean, it's just, just routine. Uh, they, they defy any defense to stop them. So, yeah, I think your Lakers have, have got to collectively be a little worried about facing, facing Steph Curry. A little worried. Last one I got for you quick, Graz. Um, your favorite basketball player growing up, who was it? <sighs> favorite basketball player growing up? Man, oh, man. I mean, we're talking about dating me big time and going way back. Um uh, I'd say, let's see, uh, when I was a kid in Cleveland, I went to see the Cleveland Cavaliers play, and they had a shooter by the name of Bobby Bingo Smith. Bobby Bingo Smith. And I was just, I was just the eight, nine, ten years old, just a kid, and, and he just, he just shot it uh, like, like a bat out of hell, and, and he was, he was, he was, he was probably my favorite. He was probably my favorite. All right, so you youngsters listen out there, go look up Bobby Bingo yeah, look Smith. him up. <laughs> <laughs> the legend of Gross, that was his favorite player. Gross, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day and hollering at me. Always, bump. Thank you, buddy. All righty, have a good one. That was a sports pit with Gross coming up next, man. I want to talk to you again. You got to be heard one more time. Text in 710-710, or you can call in at 206-421-3776. I'll be right back. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to the Paul Gallant Show. It's me, Michael Bumpus, filling in for my guy. Just a reminder, it's one a day for the month of May. And this month, 710 ESPN Seattle is giving you 31 chances to win a station logo smart speaker. Head to 710sports.com. Splash, when to learn how. Don't forget, just say play 710 ESPN to your smart speaker, and you can listen to our shows all day long from the comfort of your home. Now back to business. We got some stuff to talk about before we get out of here. Remember, I want you to text in 710-710 or call in at 206-421-3774. My questions to you, like we've, we've developed more questions as the show has gone along. One, how do you feel about the unwritten rules in baseball? And two, what was the other question? I had a, a, a great question for these guys, and it just blanked out right you now. Wanted what to was know it, more? What, what championship is Oh, yes. Thank you. That's why Maura Dooley is the conductor. She's the leader. She keeps everything on point. Which is the hardest championship to win? Kendrick Perkins was on ESPN, and he said basketball is the hardest to win. So out of basketball, football, baseball you can even throw soccer in there which is the hardest now i'm going to plead my case right now for the nfl and i'm going to tell you why nfl is the hardest championship to win because you get one shot single elimination it's a violent sport your team's not going to be healthy no team is 100 percent healthy and in the other sports you have opportunities to make up for your mistakes so the warriors were down Three to one against the Oklahoma City. 
Thunder came back and beat them. The Cavs were down 3-1 to one against the Warriors, came back and beat them. And I've seen similar situations in baseball and in hockey, more duly. What are your thoughts? Hardest championship to win? I think you have to specify hard, because I was telling you in the break, I do think the one-and-done nature of the NFL makes it a lot harder, because you can't battle your way back into a series like you can in other ones. But I think that the grind and the and how long it takes to get to that championship in the NBA and the NFL is harder. And, I, and of those two, I would say the NHL is obviously much more physical than the NBA, especially compared to what the NBA used to be back in the day. <laughs> um so yeah, it's, I th- I think it's kind of two different kinds of hard there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we see in the NFL every year that it's uh how hard it is to repeat. Now the five hundred nine. I'm about to. I'm gonna get everybody hot right now. More Dooley. The five hundred nine says the World Cup is the hardest championship to win. It's only every four years. I know how much you guys love soccer up here. Not so. I know that this is gonna grind your gears. That's a good point right there. You got one shot every four years to win, but we're talking about domestic sports. You know, the U.S. don't do nothing in soccer. I think the furthest we've gotten is maybe the quarterfinals when Clint Dempsey was on the team back in the day. women do, but the men don't. Oh, yeah. Women all day. (laughs) Women all day. The men, uh, not so much. 206 says, for the Mariners, the World Series is impossible to win. In the words of Kevin Garnett, Dooley's favorite basketball team, the Celtics, Anything is possible. Don't you give up on these Mariners right now, okay? 2022. Kelnick is there. Tramiel's balling in AAA. We still got Julio. Kikuchi's found out he can control his fastball and his breaking balls. Man, don't sleep on these Mariners. They're coming back, all right? Don't worry about it. 360 says, college hoops seems the most difficult because March Madness is such a crapshoot and luck has to be on your side. I kind of like that. How many upsets do we see? Every year in March Madness, Dooley. Like every year, there's like three or four teams who do things they're not supposed to do. Oh, yeah. Who was it? Uh, God, first round this year, there was a big upset. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, that's I, that's a good one. I hadn't even thought about March Madness. March Madness. Oral Roberts made a run at it this yeah. year. When Steph was in college, Davidson made a run at it. George George Madison or George Mason back a few years back yeah, made George a run at it. George Mason, I I can I can get with that. I can get with that. Three six zero says NFL is the hardest. Twenty eighteen Chiefs were dominant on one off sides. D Ford, and there goes a the whole season. Situations are a lot more crucial in football. I feel like because the game is start and stop, you could really highlight situations to where the other games are are free flowing and you kind of can snowball and see things happening. Man, this is a this is a good question because. The postseason for basketball and hockey is a true postseason, right? You can play like 19 games or something like that. It's a true postseason. Whereas football, you win like four games and you're uh, you're winning a Super Bowl. When but in hockey, a- you can end up playing multiple overtime games, which can really wear you out when you're playing a lot of games in a short period of time. Right. Didn't you say the Bruins, two playoff games so far? Bruins Bo- Capitals have already gone to two overtimes in their first two playoff games. Two overtimes, man. That's tough. That's tough on the body. And hockey is such a, a fast-moving game, and it's physical. Man, this is tough. You know what? 253, I was just about to mention this. How about the Masters? The Masters, any golf tournament is extremely hard to win, especially the Masters. I mean, we had our first Japanese golfer win the Masters this year. Like I've, I know a lot of good Japanese golfers out there, but that's how hard it is to win. 
206 says boxing championships. Honestly, I don't watch boxing that much anymore. If if Logan Paul and I'm just playing, I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go <laughs> Logan Paul and Jake Paul, but I just don't watch it that much anymore. I think the last fight I was really interested in seeing was any Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Do you watch boxing much, Dooley? I uh, think I think that was the last big fight that I watched too. It's kind of my same complaint with the NBA. I feel like boxing isn't as physical anymore. There's a lot more finesse, like Mayweather, where you mm-hmm. avoid getting hit more so than you hit. And I, I don't really enjoy that. Yeah, it's like with the with the big guys, there's always a threat of someone getting knocked out. They're so heavy. And then with the smaller guys, it's more skilled, defensive, counter-punching, and they can go and swing for days. And a lot of times they don't get knocked out. So, yeah, I, I can see that too. What else we got? 509 says in basketball, you have five guys that have to work together. In football, you have 11 or, say, 22. So, so which is it? I'm saying, all right, so I'm going to say that you're leaning towards the NFL since you pointed out there are 11 guys out there. 425 says horse racing, triple crown. I don't know how I feel about that. You can legally drug horses to perform at a higher level. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I understand that's hard. Triple crown is, is tough. Um, but I feel like this is wrong for the animals. I just feel bad for those horses. I'm like, what the heck are these horses thinking as they're getting – whipped running down the track. I don't know how I feel about that. I understand that it's hard, but I don't know how I feel about that. Here's a good one. 509 says NASCAR championships. Now, I've I watched NASCAR when it comes down to like the last 15 to 20 laps. It's an endurance race. It takes focus. You have your pit crew. You have your analytics. There's a lot of stuff going on in a NASCAR race. You being from the north Northeast, Dooley, something tells me y'all didn't watch a lot of NASCAR growing up. No, you know what? There actually is a. Um, there are some areas up there because there's a there's a speedway somewhere near where my family lived when we were younger. Um, we my aunt was a big Rusty Wallace fan, and I okay. watched a, a little bit of NASCAR growing up with my dad. But yeah, like you said, a lot of strategy in, involved in like when you stop to get gas, get tire changes, and doing it at the right time so you don't fall too far behind and you can catch up. It it is kind of interesting, but I felt like as soon as uh. I didn't really have anyone to root for anymore. The, the yeah. guy that we rooted for at the time retired, and I just kind of stopped watching. You do have to have a, a dog in the fight. Yeah. I grew up on Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon. Um, soon as those guys, rest in peace, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon was out. I'm like, all right, I don't know anybody anymore. And um, so I'll watch, I'll watch the last 10 or 15 laps of like the Daytona 500, Bristol, you know, the, the big ones, like the majors, I guess, of NASCAR. Uh, this one's funny. See, are you a gamer, Dooley? You don't play video games, do you? No. There's this one, this this game called Rocket League. It's pretty much you're playing soccer with cars and you're hitting a soccer ball. Four two five says Rocket League Championship Series. That is hilarious. You are a gamer. <laughs> My son would love to hear that right now. Also three six zero. Thank you. It's Pocono that I was trying to think of. Pocono. Okay. Okay. Uh, Two zero six says tennis. The Grand Slam, yeah, trying to complete the Grand Slam. When's the last time that's been done? I think um, Serena Williams might be the last one to do it. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I can see that. Though, Rafael Nadal won, what, like seven, eight French Opens, and Roger Federer dominated for a while. So, yes, first I'd like to thank all you guys for participating today. It's been real the last three days I've been here filling in for Paul Galan. I appreciate y'all. I want to thank the Gras for coming on. More duly for keeping us on track and on point, I am Michael Bumpus. I will talk to you guys tomorrow on the 8 o'clock hour on the Danny Galan Show. Coming up next, you have Jake and Stacy. Have a good one, guys.